With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to The College Loop, your number one podcast for Auburn sports. Talking all things orange and blue every Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday. On today's installment of The College Loop, we've got a busy, busy show starting with Auburn quarterbacks. Why is TJ Finley still with this program? Is he going to transfer? Is he going to compete for that job in 2023? We'll touch base on that first, then pivot over to the hardwood. We're talking Bruce Pearl and the boys about their transfer portal, new targets there, Janai Broom's declaration for the NBA draft while maintaining eligibility. Then another eagle has landed for Coach Johnny Harris and the women's basketball program. We'll talk about that, what that crowded guard room starting to look like, this new look Auburn women's basketball team in 2023, and then pivot over to Diamond Sports, both baseball and softball picking up crucial midweek wins over in-state opponents and have big-time SEC matchups coming up this weekend. All this and more, so don't go anywhere. Don't do anything. You're listening to The College Loop. Hey, you know what to do. You're grown. You know what's right. 19, 16, I, don't, I never know exactly what those mean, but we're somewhere in that ballpark. It's 1 o'clock in the afternoon in Auburn, Alabama, and this place was lit. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the College Loop Podcast, episode 51 of the College Loop Podcast. And again, joined today by Mr. Harrison Tarr. No longer on my left, no longer on my right, but when we have a duo show like this, he's going to be like, right? How do I, how do I point? <laughs> I am I have a degree. <laughs> yeah, Tarr, how you doing, buddy? <laughs> I'm doing well, man. Really, really excited to be on back on the show and, and, and rock and roll and talking some Auburn football, talking some quarterback conversation. I feel like we haven't talked enough about that to this point this year and uh let's let's actually let's just jump right into it man let's let, let's 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 get the show on the road and let's not waste any time today let's let's have some fun with it We're recording a little bit late we started trying to record an hour ago and then got wrapped up with uh the voice of our intro uh billy nash talking pro football which is if you know me hilarious because i don't I have no business talking pro football but here i am that being said Dylan, I've got a pretty simple question today, and and we're going to spend a little bit of time on it and, and try not to drag it out too much but it's it's worth discussing Let's list names here real quick. Robbie Ashford, Holden Gurner, and TJ Finley. Hank Brown, right? Eventually, the, yes. the prince that is promised. And, and, and that's what your quarterback room looks like going into 2023. There are four quarterbacks that will be on this roster, assuming no one leaves. But that, that's kind of leading into my next question. Right now, there are three guys on campus, all on scholarship at, at Auburn. And not all three of them can start, Dylan. Not all three of these guys can play. <laughs> in, in 2023, knock on wood, assuming health. Why has nobody left yet? That's the big question. The portal's been quiet uh, across the country in large. But why have we not seen, and, and we'll go ahead and say who, who, who we're all thinking, why is TJ Finley not into the transfer portal yet? Because I, th- I think that's the million-dollar question, right? We don't expect Holden Gurner to leave. It, it could happen. I don't think it will. Why has TJ Finley not left this program yet? Uh, to be honest with you, uh, the plain answer is I have no idea. I feel like he's been hinting at it a lot. 
so much to say that he said it was a slap in the face that whenever he was still on roster, they went out, uh, Brian Hartson at least, went out and got Zach Calzada and Robbie Ashford to compete with him. And, and he said he was he was basically defended by that, which I got to be honest with uh, everyone out there. Uh, I don't get why he was offended. He got two better quarterbacks than he was. Uh, sorry about it. That's, I that's, I is that a hot take? No, but also I, counterpoint: Iron sharpens iron, right? Yeah. So you want more quarterbacks that are competing against each other to make each other make each other better. And the thing about TJ Finley, he has not gotten better since he came to Auburn. I don't think he's gotten better since he left LSU. And I look at it from the standpoint of Robbie Ashford. I've seen improvements from him. I know he's getting a lot of backlash, but I've I've been to a practice where he impressed me a lot with the throwing ability. Holden Gurner, same thing with him. He, he looked poised. And I still expect Auburn to go out into the portal and hopefully whenever it opens up, actually, I don't know if it was like a false opening on Saturday, but whenever it the actually opens launch. back up, yeah, when the soft, when the actual launch happens of the chance portal 2.0, Auburn's going to pick up a quarterback, whether that be whatever's going on with McCall, uh, hopefully not Chance Nolan, and, you know, maybe boost my ego and get Hayden Wolf, you know. Uh, but just to I, make you feel correct. Just to make me feel correct, and I'm gonna Validation. Come on show, yeah, <laughs> and scream bloody murder about how I am the tank talk football. But I still don't understand why TJ Finley hasn't left. He's spoken out, uh, spoken against a lot of coaches about why he isn't already the starter, and I and I just don't get why he just hasn't left yet. He he's kind of hinting at it. There is a simple answer that Auburn graduation is not for another two and a half, three weeks. I mean, three three, three weeks. There is that answer that he does need to graduate. That being said, I would think he would go ahead and put his name in that portal. And and, and you finish your academic semester regardless. <laughs> that's that's how the transfer portal typically works in, in this stage of time. But I, I, I'm, I'm almost curious if he's waiting for graduation, if there are conversations he has. Maybe he thinks he can win this job. Maybe he looks around and says, let's call a spade a spade here, folks. This quarterback room's got a lot of uncertainty. And, and and like like Dylan mentioned, I think Auburn is going to go out and get somebody else, but I don't necessarily know that that person is going to be the starter. It's going to have to be a splash. It's going to have to be an established guy who has had snaps, meaningful snaps at other places, or or, or someone that maybe took a red shirt and, and, and was highly touted coming out of high school and, and a young guy that you get multiple years out of. That doesn't make a ton of sense in my book because you're looking at the quarterback of the future and Walker White coming in next year. So maybe TJ thinks that he can genuinely compete for this job. Maybe there's something we don't know. I find that hard to believe. Well, he's got 11 days to make up his mind. Uh, and after that, he's just kind of stuck being the third string on this team. Because I, I got to be honest with you, TJ, you're not starting. I'm sorry, you're not. Uh, and you, if TJ really wanted to start for the Auburn Tigers, I feel like he'd put in more work to become a better quarterback for the Auburn Tigers. I don't know that we can say that, Dylan. I, I don't know that we can we can critique work ethic because we've only been told what we've been told. And, and we've only seen the small sample size that we've seen. And I, I don't know that I can sit here and tell you that TJ's not in the weight room. I can't sit here and tell you that TJ's not going about things the right way. I can tell you that I would be a little surprised but because there's certainly an element of attitude being not where a lot of coaches would want it to be. And I certainly don't think he and, and Hugh, Hugh Freeze's staff necessarily are on solid footing. But I don't know that they're not. I mean, spring ball, we saw him get a lot of meaningful reps with a lot with with with, with, first, with the ones. 
So I don't I don't know. Maybe maybe this is something where he firmly believes that he could be in that in that conversation. I will say that even if he is on this Auburn roster in 2023, I don't even think he's the the second string quarterback. I think that's Holden Gurner. But maybe he thinks that that's that's the case, and that's I, I'm operating under the assumption that no one transfers in, and, and and Robbie Ashford's the guy, which I still don't think is is, is what happens. I'm just curious. Does it play to his advantage to not be in the portal yet? There are no more spring practices. Spring games are wrapped up, and and for for all intents and purposes, they are done. Uh, you're 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 finding out now, and we'll find out in the next, I guess, probably 48, 72 hours from the time this shows shows out. This weekend will be crazy. There will be a lot of guys taking visits a lot of different places. Yeah. Why does TJ Finley not want to be part of that if he's not planning if he's planning on leaving the Auburn program like we think he may be? Yeah, I, I just. Uh, you don't know. Uh, that's the whole portal thing right now is we don't know why it's being so slow. We don't know why no one is entering the portal. Auburn has only lost, I think, four since this portal started, and I don't, can't really say any of them are huge losses outside of Emba. Uh, but I, I, Emba was still a depth piece. He was still the third defensive tackle on a field with two. That That's just the fact of the matter. I can't really fathom a world where TJ Finley is on Auburn's roster come the UMass game. I, I don't see it. Uh, I don't, I, and he's only got 11 days. Uh, well, as this comes out, he's got 10 days to really decide if he is going to transfer out, if he is going to try to stay for a job. And again, Hugh Freeze is going to be under some pressure himself because he basically told everyone without saying it, he's going for a transfer portal quarterback. He wants one. I mean, he he's saying it without saying it. That's the thing. You gotta you gotta understand coach speech. It's like a second language at this point. That's right. Because no one has entered the portal that Hugh Freeze has been uh, very ecstatic for. No, none of the uh, Ohio State guys have left. None of the Nebraska guys have left. Texas has decided Quinn Owers is their guy going into next season. And I mean, you look at the SEC. You can't get an Ole Miss guy without having having him sit out for a year. Sure, uh, you can't get a Georgia guy because uh, one of those guys is going to transfer. We think Brock Vandergriff, based on his cryptic messages he's been telling to the press. Yeah, none of these quarterback battles have been decided to where someone has entered the portal. And maybe Devin Brown and Kyle McCord is closer than we thought it was because I mean, we all I think we all said Devin Brown was going to get the job, and McCord was going to be in the portal. We thought Casey Thompson was going to be in the portal because Jeff Sims is him. Uh, maybe he finally figured it out in, in a Matt Rule offense. He'd be the first quarterback post-Carolina to do that. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Uh, I just don't understand why the portal is so slow. And maybe that's playing the T.J. Finley's favor. Maybe he's seeing it how slow it is, and maybe that's why he's not left yet. No quarter. He'd be – honestly, he'd probably be the best quarterback in the transfer portal if he let, if he entered tomorrow. Because no one else has entered, it'd be him or Chance Nolan. And I got to be honest with you, those two are the, they, they play the exact same way. They don't move in the pocket, and they're prone to mistakes. Uh, and, and that's my that's just my two cents on that. I, I just think because the portal's been so slow, and we no one was expecting it to be this slow. No, not we at were all. ready. We were ready for the stock market to crash whenever the portal opened back and up. I, and I do think all it's going to take is one domino to fall for that to to kind of reignite. 
But I think that if you're that domino, I mean, if TJ Finley's got that opportunity to be kind of that that big moving piece, a, a true P5 quarterback that someone's going to take a chance on, and whether that's in the, at the P5 level or not, that's up for your interpretation, but someone will want to go get him. I, I, I'm curious to see as to why he's not officially in, in the portal yet, because as you mentioned, yes, I do think Hugh Freeze is looking elsewhere. I mean, I think he said that without having to say it clear as day. That being said, Dylan, we'll continue to monitor this situation and, and keep you know keep our, our our opinions out there for for people people to hear. I do not think that TJ Finley will be an Auburn Tiger um, this fall. We discussed the possibility of him even winning the starting job this offseason. It has been a roller coaster, and it will continue to be a roller coaster going into the first year of the Hugh Freeze tenure. And that's not meant to be either positive or negative. It's just going to be up and down. You're going to have to take the highs with the lows, Auburn fans, and you're going to have to buckle up. I do ultimately think that Hugh Freeze will reconstruct this roster to be an SEC competent roster and and and, and quite frankly I, I do think that Auburn will be returning returning to to what they have been in years past and to, to, to the point where they're a perennial 9-10 win team do you want to make a podcast well Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily and distribute it everywhere and even earn money as well all in one place for free it's called Spotify for podcasters and here's how it works Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and literally everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it is totally free with no catch. Ever since I discovered Spotify for Podcasters, it's been so easy to get the show out to y'all. And I highly recommend you give it a try. Download the Spotify Podcasters app or go to Spotify.com slash podcasters to get started. Let's move forward, Dylan. Let's talk men's basketball. And and let's uh, I like your little ticker over here on the, I guess on the on the right hand <laughs> side of the screen. That's neat. Speaking of the transfer portal, I'm I'm, go, I'm going to lead with this because we talked a little bit about Janai Broom already. So I, I guess we'll 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 touch base with that and then we'll, let's talk portal news a little bit. Janai Broom, obviously in entering his name into the NBA draft, retaining his eligibility. If you guys want to hear our full breakdown on that, we do have a reaction show here on our YouTube. So if you're watching on YouTube, you can check that out. If not, go to our YouTube. It's a YouTube. Is it exclusive? Uh, yeah, YouTube exclusive. And YouTube you probably exclusive. want to skip like five to 10 minutes. Into yeah, the we video. need to figure out how to cut that down. That's on us. We'll figure that out and move forward. But <laughs> uh, it's a, it is a YouTube exclusive. So if you're listening on Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you may be finding your podcasts, go check us out on YouTube at The College Loop. And you can check out our full breakdown on Janai Broom's decision to go to the NBA draft. I'll give you the brief synopsis. This feels like one of those things where you put the feelers out and see where you're at. If you could be a first-round guy, go. If you're not going to be a first-round guy, figure out what the draft sc uh, NBA scouts want you to get better at. Come back and do that uh, in 2023-2024 for Auburn. Let's talk a little bit about Jalen Tyson. Six, six guard. Do the thing, Dylan. Do the thing. Tall guard. Tall guard. Tall guard. Tall guard. Tall guard. Tall guard alert. Out of Texas Tech, averaging 10.7 points per game, 6.1 rebounds, good on the boards, 48.3% from the field, 40.2% from the three. This is a guy that a lot of clubs are going to want or actively want and someone that it sounds like there is traction and serious interest, at least in the Auburn camp, to bring to the Plains. Dylan, your initial reaction to hearing this, how does this plug and chug? I think this plays a lot to Auburn's favor. Yeah, you bring the fact that he's six foot six. You know, other position can be played on the court at any time that is six foot six. Small forward, a three, 
if Auburn were to get this guy, you fill out the roster a little bit more than it is, and all you got to get is a five. That's all you got left. Because you got a guy who can consistently make threes. Because 40% from the three-point line, I'm pretty sure of the people of the players who got meaningful minutes last season, that is probably would have been number one on Auburn. And I don't think that's close, really. Because Alan Flanagan, whether or not he's back or not, we've said it, I've said it, I say it a lot. He's not going to start next season. Especially if you were to bring in a Jalen Tyson type player, and it feels well, I'll, out I'll go as far. Dylan is saying if Jalen Tyson comes to Auburn, that's probably Alan Flanagan's sign. Yeah, that's him going either to Oxford or maybe declare for the draft, even though he's not ready for it. Uh, but I mean, the the depth chart at that point: Aiden Holloway, point guard; Denver Jones, shooting guard; Jalen Tyson, small forward; Janiah Broom oh. at the four. And then you still got that empty scholarship spot for a potential big man to enter the portal. Also, also the possibility you could flex Janai into that stretch four or five situation like you did this past year. But we do think yeah. he'd be better in the in the four and then and then flex in Jalen Williams. It's not the biggest lineup you've ever seen, but it's also not the smallest lineup you've ever seen. So I, I think that that would be an interesting dynamic. And then coming off the bench, you'd have Trey Donaldson, you'd have KD Johnson. It is interesting. You'd have Dylan Cardwell coming off the bench. Leor Berman. Leor Berman coming off the bench. It's, it's, what's the word, the exact word I'm looking for? It is an enticing opportunity if, if you are able to go out and, 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 and get this young man, Jalen Tyson, out of Texas Tech. I don't know if that's going to happen. I know there's a lot of interest in, in, in the Pearl camp and in, in the Auburn camp. I don't know what Tyson's thoughts are on the matter. To be completely candid. That being said, Matthew Cleveland is still <laughs> Matthew Cleveland. Dylan is pushing his Matthew Cleveland agenda, and that's okay. I I completely actually am behind you, but <laughs> very interesting to see six six like you said that could play like we kind of a wing guy, and 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 someone that can stroke the three like that is certainly something that this team needs. I think you're going to see a lot better three point shooting in 2023 2024. I know there's a lot of pandemonium going on, a lot of people pressing the panic button. I think this team's going to be fine. I'll go further to mention, what do you think this team would go in a perfect world where you get Jalen Tyson and a Matthew Cleveland, where the roster would probably pan out with Flanagan gone. It'd be Holloway at the one, Jones two, you get Tyson at the three, Cleveland at the four, Janai Broom at the five. That's an offensive lineup with Janai Broom putting in defense and you got Trey Donaldson coming up off the bench. And Dylan Cardwell coming off the bench. And Cardwell and Katie Johnson. Johnson. I think I, I I feel comfortable in that being a thirty one team, the total. I think it's a thirty one team. I, I I don't know if I can I can commit more than that. I, I, don't, yeah. I don't I don't know because I think that now I think the bench depth is still interesting, uh, and I'm not sure. I don't know that there's not a situation where Trey Donaldson doesn't work himself into a starter minutes kind of role. So I I, I don't know what that looks like yet, and we'll we'll get we'll get. I guess a little, little more of an idea once this portal window closes. Hey, it's just hypothetical, and you know we love hypotheticals here. And if yeah, you love hypotheticals too, go check out our Twitter where I put up a post talking about a hypothetical 2021-2022 team that would have probably won a national championship. One and of the greatest what ifs in Auburn basketball history. Probably wouldn't have lost a game if Sharif Cooper and JT Thor would have stayed with Jabari Smith and Walker Kessler. So go check out that and leave your opinion on that as well. 
Oh, I get riff, riff for a little bit. Hold on. Uh, Sorry, yeah. I, had to, I had to. I had to. I had a little hiccup there, and I didn't want to do it. Do it. Comment down here. below. Would Auburn have won a national championship in basketball with this depth chart? Sharif Cooper, Zepp Jasper, JT Thor, Jabari Smith, and Walker Kessler with J. Will Wendell. Hypothetical. He probably wouldn't have came, but hypothetical. Alan Flanagan and Katie Johnson all on the same roster at the same. That's a national time. championship winning team. So. Go go uh, comment here on the YouTube, but also go check out the the socials post. It's on Facebook. Excuse me, it's on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, so go go give us your thoughts uh, on on that. Sorry, Dylan, I had a little hiccup there, and then had a second hiccup, and it kind of spiraled from there. Uh, <laughs> shout out Pearlville 2021, 2022. <laughs> excuse me. Uh, anyways, little little callback moment there. Let's continue on on the hardwood. Let's talk Auburn women's basketball. Another Eagle has landed for Coach Jay and company. They went out and got a Power Five transfer and an another guard so yeah interesting kiana Gaines, clemson transfer she'll be a junior two or three years of eligibility remaining i believe it's two and she's a former four-star number 52 overall recruit, recruit in the crew if you will in the class of 2021 i numbers are not eye-popping dylan but she really didn't have the starting minutes she appeared in a bunch of games but she didn't really didn't get a lot of minutes interesting to see coach jay go get more pieces in this guard room we mentioned it earlier. You and I were on the phone when I was running through the McDonald's drive-thru, actually. And you were saying, maybe maybe it's small ball. And, and I don't know that you're wrong. You've got a couple of, of, of bigger pieces being your, your two centers coming in as freshmen. And now you're going to get some experienced pieces. Now, let's look at this guard room real quick. Honestly, Scott Grayson entering her sixth year of college basketball and very – very familiar and it's going to be the focal point of this offense. She should be without a doubt. Yes. With, without a doubt. Marshawn Bostic going into her fourth year of college basketball. Another experienced piece that is also money at the free throw line and, and, and can get the ball to the rack when you need her to. So Nia Wells? She's still on right. Nia Wells is in the, in the transfer portal. That's right. Sydney Shaw, a young talent, a sophomore. The, the you and I think I, I guess I think we're on the same page here, Dylan could yeah. really be a contributor in in this in this guard room. And then you go out and you grab Kiana Gaines out of Clemson, which leads me to believe that Sydney Shaw needs another year of development, which I don't disagree with, but she definitely needs minutes this year. It, oh, it's, for sure. it's something that you have to be able to build off that. That being said, Dylan, am I am I just overthinking this here or I guess overhyping this here? Going to pick up a four-star, a former four-star junior that was the number 52 overall recruit in her class. This feels like this is your splash land to this point in the portal. Yeah, and I'm kind of still baffled by the fact that Auburn has picked up four transfers uh, and three of those four have been guards. I'm also – there is there is that. That guard room's getting crowded. Very quickly, because you got someone from Alabama, got some from Clemson, and I'm blanking on the school of the Juco, third Juco one. Route. Juco, yeah. But at the same time, a lot of people were really worried when there was this mass exodus from women's hoops. Mm -hmm. Coach Jay bet on herself, and we said it right here on the college loop, that she was betting on herself, and it paid off. And to this point, I know that you were, were there, it's going to be an interesting rotation to see how all this shakes out. You lose Romy Levy, Sonia Wells is gone, uh, Aisha Kulabali is headed elsewhere. All this to say, I mean, Caitlin Duhon's still there, by the way. That's something to just throw out there. She bet on herself and is working. You're, she is getting the haul in right now in terms of the numbers. 
that she thought she could to make this more of an uh, excuse me, I almost said WNBA, but how about SEC ready <laughs> roster? I think you're close. Daniel brought up a great point a, a couple months ago that in, in, in year one, Coach Jay had about 0% of an SEC roster. In year two, she had a quarter of an SEC roster. I think in year three, she's going to have half of an SEC roster. And it's a, certainly a process that takes longer in women's hoops than it does in men's hoops. Just, just by nature of, of the transfer portal and, 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 the, and the smaller volume of players that you have in the transfer portal in women's hoops than you do in men's basketball. So I, I, I'm personally going to go ahead and say this right now. I think Coach Jay's going to wind up getting an offseason grade A from me just for her haul in the transfer portal alone and her dedication to recruiting. They're going to be right now – Right now, there are six new faces coming to this program. Woo. Folks, this is the best news we've heard. There were some locker room problems on this roster last year. Sometimes it's not all about the X's and the O's, and it's more about the Jimmys and the Joes. <laughs> Auburn didn't have the Jimmys and the Joes. No. And they didn't have the attitude to compliment not having the, uh, the Jimmys and the Joes. This is going to be a big step up and something that, that Auburn can really build off of. I think they could be kind of special in 23. I got a it's a little unrelated question, but which do you prefer? The Eagle has landed every time Coach Jay gets a transfer or Coach Freeze's Yahtzee? It's tough. That's tough, man. I, I like the Eagle has landed. I, I really do. I'm, I'm a big fan of the Yahtzee. I think it's funny, but uh, I think the Eagle has landed. It's kind of cool. Like, and of course, you have the, the boom from uh, BP. Yeah. Th I mean, that's classic, right? But and, and a callback to a previous coach, Mr. One, one Gus Malzahn. But <laughs> I, I think I like the Eagles landed, man. I think it's kind of cool, a little play on words and a little, uh, you know, little callback to to the Auburn War, the University of Auburn War Eagles. Um, so I, I, I'm a huge fan of the University of Auburn, by the way. So now, Auburn, Auburn University, I, I'm very neutral about. Now, the University of Auburn, dogs. <laughs> the University of Auburn War Eagles, unbelievably good. All right, let's move forward. Let's talk baseball real quick. Okay, so we see what happened was. Um, <laughs> no, I'm playing, I'm playing. Auburn took care of business in their midweek against Samford, run ruling them 13-3 at Plainsman Park. Now, if there was ever a team that needed to go out and hold a team to three runs and run rule them in eight innings, oh my gosh, was it Auburn. Hayden Murphy getting getting the win on the mound over, over, over Samford, obviously. And... The, the pitching actually was solid uh, on Tuesday night. If, 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 if you look at the box, let, let, let's see. Hayden Murphy only 3.1 one innings pitched, giving up six six hits and three runs, which is still interesting that he was in line for the win, but it still worked out. All three of those runs available. Then you look through. Nobody else in this Auburn bullpen. I want you folks at home to listen to this. This Auburn bullpen didn't give up a run on Tuesday night. And I don't want people to sit here and act like Samford's not a good baseball team because Samford is a contender in that SOCON conference, a conference I'm actually getting quite familiar with. Um, but a, the, the front runner to win that SOCON. Zach Crossfeld, pitch a complete inning, no hits, no runs, two walks. Okay, three strikeouts. Awesome. Drew Nelson, 1.2 innings pitch, one hit, no runs, one strikeout. There you go. Face, face four, five hitters. Parker Carlson, 1.1 innings pitched, one hit, no runs, one base on ball, two strikeouts. John Armstrong came in, 0.2 innings there at the end, two strikeouts, bang, bang, get out of there. This is your confidence builder that you had to have, Dylan. 
They're coming up on a Mississippi State team. And I'm going to put the ball on the tee here for you. They're, they're, that's a little fun play on the words. I didn't mean to. But put the ball on the tee for you here. How important was it that these arms had a night where you can hold a team to three runs, watch your offense absolutely hit nukes, and you're coming into against into play host against a Mississippi State team that just it is pretty fired up to be after taking two or three over Ole Miss, which I understand that's like the bottom of the barrel fight in the SEC right now. But Mississippi State has figured out how to play baseball as of late, and this is a much tougher series now than it would have been a month ago. How important was this? Uh, it was very important, uh, Tar. <laughs> because the the pitching rotation, the pitching staff, the pitching whatever, if you wouldn't even call it pitching, really, I don't think you really classified it as that. No, no, Tuesday night was pitching. That was pitching. Tuesday night was pitching, yeah. Actually, check that. Their past four outings have been pitching. They have been. Their past four games, even though you lose to Alabama twice, no, that does not fall. I'll, gi- I'll give you three. <laughs> Giving pitching, up six on Sunday? Uh, I'm talking about the Friday game. <laughs> The where Friday, Auburn, where Auburn this, tried to lose that game from the bullpen, <laughs> does not does not matter. There's uh, you 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 need to take the effort from from your starter on Friday, and, oh, yeah. and, and, and give credit where credits due. Their last four outings have been pitching. Yes, uh, yeah, it's a huge confidence builder for a team that needs it. Uh, you're looking at you, you need what nine more wins to make it to Huntsville. Is that correct? I don't think you need nine. I thought it was ten. I thought it was Tim whenever, but when we went to, when they went to Tuscaloosa. You need, no, no, you need, you need five more wins. Five more wins. Five more conference wins. Yeah. So you're looking at a Butch Thompson team who, whenever their backs are against the wall is when they start playing their best baseball. That's the case for a lot of Auburn teams, really, (laughs) except for football past two years. But that's neither here nor there. I look at it from the standpoint Mississippi State is getting back to being Mississippi State. Uh, they're playing good baseball. And Auburn has finally maybe figured out that they can pitch sometimes. And all they have to do is find out they can pitch sometimes five more times. <laughs> and maybe take one against Mississippi State. I don't know if Auburn could win this series. I think they can. I think you need to take two from Mississippi State. Yeah. Because uh, going down, I, I, the, I think Mississippi State probably is the easiest of your – for SEC. sure, you have Ole Miss left. You have Ole Miss. Ole Miss is probably the if there was such thing as being easier. You got to find five wins, Dylan, and you got to find it somewhere between Mississippi State, South Carolina, LSU, and then Ole Miss, and then you round it out with Missouri. You got to find five SEC wins in there somewhere. Yeah, uh, I think Auburn's going to find a way to take one of those <laughs> each one because that's just what Auburn does. Uh, All but, you have to do is win one series and then take one of the of the, of the other three. Yeah, and like, uh, I, it's doable. If you can win this weekend, you're in good shape. Do we know who's starting against Mississippi State? Do, do we, we ever know it? before Friday? We always know the Friday and Saturday guy, but we never know the Sunday guy because it's like, all right, who can at least put the ball over the plate? Today? I'll go ahead and venture a guess that you'll get Vale. Tommy Vale. I'll guess Nelson on Saturday. Don't give me that look. <laughs> Drew Nelson's hit or miss. Drew's, not, Drew's my boy. All right. That's my boy right there. I'm I glad it's your boy. I'm rooting for your know, boy. I don't know Drew at all personally. That's just, that's my boy. And he's got good stuff. He does. He has good stuff. He's just young. Yeah. that That's the issue. I'm not, I don't hate Drew Nelson. I get his your boy. Uh, I hope y'all go have fun at Sky Bar together one night. But <laughs> here's, here's the fact of the matter. 
this pitching rotation gives up so many runs. And Drew Nelson, when he's good, he's great. But a lot of there's a lot of games out there where he has been raked against. There's also I mean a lot of situations where it's like, what the hell is he supposed to do? Exactly. And that's been the case for a lot of the pitching staff, but mostly it's been he's getting raked. John Armstrong has entered the <laughs> chat and said, Would you guys please stop raking on me? <laughs> like, like yeah. that's actually not true at all. Drew John's been electric this year. John's been yeah. probably the brightest spot, spot on this pitching rotation. But you know, sometimes he's got to come in and think in his head. I know he's locked in, but you gotta think, guys, what the hell? Like, throw me a freaking bone here. <laughs> and then you have Will Cannon, who <laughs> hit this again. Will Cannon. I, 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 okay. For those of you who remember the Tyler Matzik run of, of the of the Atlanta 2021 Atlanta Braves World Series, when they called him Tyler, I don't know if I can say this on the show. You might have to edit this out. Um, I'm not. Don't make me do more work than I already have to do. Um, they called him Tyler uh, Large Stones. We'll go with that. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, yeah. Will Cannon's got some stones on him. He does. Like, the kid can come in if you need him for an inning. That guy is awesome. Like he is really good. And and when when Auburn you said tried to lose against Alabama, he had an awesome inning, and then they asked him to do more. <laughs> and there's not much you can do about that. It's it, it'll be a matter of can this team put together? I think you you need to win this series. I think you need to win Friday, and you need to win Saturday. To hell with Sunday. Don't care what happens. Stay healthy. Reserve the arms. Don't care. Yeah, you know, you know, it's it's one of those things. Like a sweep would be awesome, but. If you can win Friday and Saturday, who gives a crap about sat- a Sunday? Move forward and 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 let you let you give get your pitcher some help like you did in this midweek. Ike Irish, Bryson Ware, Cole Foster, Chris Stanfield. Thank God we're getting hits. We're getting abs for Chris Stanfield. Finally, we're actually getting abs. We're it's almost like it's almost like this group is like, wow, this kid's really good. We know he's really good. We've been trying to say, we. I've been trying to tell you. I've been trying to put the word out there that Chris Stanfield is him. Kaysen uh, Howell's been an, an okay hitter. Justin Kirby, Caden uh, Green, it, it, these guys are all hitting over 250. There is something else that I've got to drop in here before we can get over to softball, Dylan. I love him. I do. One of the best defensive catchers I've ever seen in my entire life. I'm not good. Rocket arm. Get Nate LaRue out of the freaking lineup. He's got to go. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I, Ike Irish is a catcher by trade. He's going to be the catcher in 2024. Yeah. It's time. Nate LaRue, if if you've got a if you can if you can play in a situation where you have a DH, that dude should never take an AB. It's I'm not I'm not trying to to, to dog on him. Nate LaRue's gonna be an ML, MLB prospect. Nate LaRue's going to get get drafted. Someone's going to think they can fix Nate LaRue offensively because he's such a good defensive catcher and he's a natural leader. They're, those are things you can't coach. I mean, you, you can coach people fundamentally and technique-wise for, for, for catching, but he's a field general. He's, he calls a great game. Even with before the pitch comp, he was calling great games. The dude can't hit the broadside of a barn right now. And, cool. and I, I, that sounds harsh, Dylan, I know. But one of these things is not like the other. I'll read you the bottom four batting averages out of, out of the guys that have played 28-plus games. 266, 260. 258-123. One of these things is so not like the other. And, and you've got guys like Cooper McMurray, who you can throw on first base. And you can move Ike, Ike Irish behind the dish. 
why the hell aren't you doing it? Because it's time now. You've let it run its course. Nate LaRue's not going to get out of the slump. It, it's just not going to happen. He's an automatic out. There, there is no, there's no confidence when he gets in the box. There is no true plate approach. And and I feel bad for the guy because I don't, I don't, I don't doubt that he's trying to fix these things. And I don't doubt that, that his heart's in it, but it's just not working. Yeah. And you look at some meaningful at bats. Uh, if you look at it from just batting average in general, Nate LaRue has the second worst batting average on the team. The second worst. Uh, and yeah, you're right. Uh, I I have never been so unsure of a player in my life than Nate LaRue. I, I love him as a catcher. He's an amazing catcher. If there's a DH situation where you can just DH him instead of a pitcher, if you have any pitcher that can remotely hit for like 200, play him behind the dish. I get it. Yeah. Because he, he wins your games. I mean, like defensively, if you need him to make a play and, and gun somebody out, he wins your games. And I mean, Nate LaRue's, he can pitch. Maybe try my pitcher. <laughs> Maybe just just try it. Uh, why not? There was a time last year where he led the team in the RA. That was really funny. I mean, it gets him from out from behind the plate. It gets him from well, not that's not a good thing. It gets him from hitting at all because every time I've watched Auburn baseball, and Auburn has had two outs, bases loaded, or has had two runners on base, and like oh, or any runners on base. Any runners on base. Nate LaRue sends a chill down my spine because I know Auburn's getting out of this inning with runners left on base. And and you know what sucks? I think Nate LaRue knows that. Yeah. And, and I'm not I'm not pointing fingers. I like I said, nothing for, for those of you who are, t- who are taking this as if Dylan and I hate have this vendetta against Nate LaRue, nothing would make us happier than if Nate LaRue were going like a 10-game hitting streak. I would love that for him. I I I, I want Nothing but the best for Nate because he's done so much for this program. He didn't have to come back. Last year, he had stock. He had some serious draft stock. He came back because he thought he could get better and because he wanted to be another part, uh, a part of the next chapter of, of Auburn baseball. And, and, and to that, I, I, I tip my hat. I, I really do. There is something to be said to, to that loyalty. The dude can't hit a baseball right now. He can't hit a broadside barn. We'll leave it there. Let's keep let's keep moving and let's talk softball and let's let's let you kind of run your course here. Auburn got the got the job done in the midweek over Troy this evening. Three nothing uh, Troy, right? Jacksonville State. Jacksonville State. Sorry. Troy, Troy was last week. Troy was last week, and then Troy for baseballs next week. I'm sorry. A lot of these in-state schools kind of kind of getting in, in the mix. Dylan, I didn't get to watch softball tonight. I'll be completely honest. I crashed when I got home. I got I had to take a, a huge nap. Talk to me a little bit. Obviously, another shutout, shutout effort. And what this means going into this weekend. Yeah, I mean, you get another great uh, pitching game from the entire lineup. Both uh, all Penta, Lowe, and Weijer all got in and did not give up a single run. Uh, You give up one walk the entire time and four hits through, I believe, yeah, seven innings. Uh, The the pitching staff for softball is chef's kiss, beautiful, awesome, amazing. And – you people are going to say it's a low scoring game. Uh, baseball and softball, when you look at Jacksonville State, uh, don't think of it like the football team. Uh, if Auburn plays it in Jacksonville State in football, it, it's going to give you flashbacks 2015, but Auburn should handle Jacksonville State on the football field. Baseball and softball, on the other hand, they are really good. They are really good. And Auburn got out of there with a shutout win thanks to a Briellis RBI double bomb and, of course, an Isis Trestvik 
uh, homer in the fifth inning. Auburn softball is awesome. They are yeah. playing at a they are getting hot at the right time right before they have to play number 14 team in the country in Tuscaloosa, which is a a place that Auburn baseball just left losing a series to. And I think Auburn softball with how they're playing right now and the pitching has been outstanding. I mean, Maddie Pinta is I think she's on pace to win awards for this season. And I think she's got a couple program records. That too. She's already listed as a top 25 player in softball right now. Agree. Yeah. Uh, all they got to do is hit the ball. If you look at this box too, the box score, and and just it, it, you, you mentioned the low scoring game, Auburn left five runners left stranded on base. I mean, the, and 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 that's going to happen. I understand that we we look at the LOBs right and and sit there and go, oh, Auburn left. You know, this team left so many runners on base. You know, so many missed scoring opportunities. You get out of there with a shutout win. It's not like you weren't putting runners on the base paths and putting pressure on the on on the opposing team. I'm not too stressed about it. I would have, would I have liked to see a couple of more than six hits against Jacksonville State? Sure. Who wouldn't? You, you always want more, right? But I think that this team is in really good shape to go play in, in a very good Alabama team in Tuscaloosa. I think they're in decent shape and poised to probably win a series. It's a boss, possibly. I don't want to say probably, but possibly win this series. This team has grown up and it has matured so much since that first SEC series at Georgia. And let's not forget that they almost won that series against Georgia and, and probably should have. And, and, and things happen. We, we get it. And, and, and then they go down to Gainesville and, and they're close. They're right there. They're, they're right there to, to what, what could have been a series win. So then, then you, then you fast forward to now, you feel like this group has really grown up and I'm not saying that they had a, a huge deficit, but you're 33 and 13. You're going to the postseason. I mean, that's happening. I think you're probably going to host a regional if you can. If you win this weekend, I think you can lock yourself into hosting a regional. This is probably the best form and the healthiest form we've seen of Auburn softball to this point this year. And to your point about Maddie Penta, follow Penta, the Pentagon, wherever it goes. The bats will come. We we've seen players that, that we didn't necessarily expect to step up this year. ISIS comes to mind for sure. Um, and, and she's been awesome. Don't worry. She's like you said, this team's awesome. Briellis is one of those players that when you get to get to the big moments, she's she's built for them. And, and there's a couple of those. Denver Bryant, even though the average is, is going to tell you otherwise, she's one of those players that's built for the big moments. And and this group's got the pieces that they need to be really, really special. And if they beat Alabama this weekend, which don't I think they can. I really do. Oh, yeah. I don't know that there's a team in this country uh, barring Oklahoma. The that Auburn just cannot go toe to toe with, and 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 I and I say that I, I guys, this is the best Oklahoma team we've seen. In the, I mean, and they're good; they're always good. This Oklahoma team is nutty, but I think this is one of the better Auburn teams we've seen in, in which is certainly the best last half decade. Uh, it, it's it's one of the best uh, Auburn teams we've seen since before everything kind of hit the fan and we had to hit reset <laughs> within the Auburn softball program. All that to say, Dylan, uh, I, I'm, I anticipate at least one win out of this weekend. I, I don't – there's, I think, a next to 0% chance that Auburn gets swept. I say that. Go ahead and clip that. Sorry. But I think Auburn could walk away out of Tuscaloosa. And you got to throw in the fact it's the Iron Bowl of softball. Like, these girls want to beat each other really, really bad. These okay. teams do not like each other, period. And and you kind of – rivalries carry over everywhere, right? And that's oh, yeah. so, so important. You see, like, you would think that Auburn and Georgia in basketball might not be as heated as Auburn and – 
and in Georgia in football. That is just so not true. Like <laughs> these, like th there are those rivalries, Auburn, Alabama, like basketball for sure. Oh my gosh. Like these teams hate each other on the diamond. These teams hate each other. There was no love loss last weekend in Tuscaloosa when Auburn went and played Alabama baseball. So a lot of, lot of promising points there. Dylan, did you have anything to add? Are we good to get out of here? Uh, I was going to bring up the fact if you get, get past Alabama, you got two unranked SEC conference series left in Alabama state to just get ready for postseason, And that's all you've been waiting for. We've mm -hmm. you've already mentioned Auburn's are probably going to host. And all you got to do is just after you get through Bama, worry about your next opponent. Don't, don't go on too, cruise control. Don't go on cruise. Do not look too far ahead. Don't do it. I will say this. If Auburn beats wins this series against Alabama this weekend, the Auburn Tigers are a sleeper pick to win the SEC tournament in softball this year. All that it takes is a couple of uh, – just a string together a couple of good games – in Auburn is right there. I'm telling you, they are toe to toe. I certainly think they're toe to toe with everyone in the SEC. I don't. I there's so much parity in college soft in, in SEC softball this year. Your outlier in college softball is Oklahoma, like I mentioned. That's that's in my opinion, you're way too early. <laughs> National champion. There, there are a lot of teams playing good, good college softball. Texas playing good college softball right now. But man, I'm telling you. If this if this team can get past Alabama and win two games and then take care of business down the stretch, you know, win another four, three or four SEC games. Wow, uh, I I would not bet against the Auburn Tigers in the SEC tournament. All right, Dylan, that's all all we've got today. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with us here on the College Loop, the Thursday installment of the College Loop in the fifty first episode. Had a lot of fun with this one. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure you like, subscribe, ring the bell. Let us know in the comments what you think about the quarterback situation here at Auburn. What you think about Auburn baseball in terms of is this rotation going to be able to string things together this weekend? Are they going to be able to walk away with a win, a series win over Mississippi State? How do you feel about the transfers on the hardwood and your thoughts on Auburn softball? Give us your takes. We want to feature them on, on, on next week on the next show. We really want to make this as, as much of a discourse as possible. So, like I said, like, subscribe, ring the bell. And thank you guys. We're going at a rapid rate. We're having a ton of fun. Dylan, thank you for setting up this sweet new graphic package. This looks awesome. Very, very excited about all of this. And hope you guys are excited for all the fun stuff we have in store here on the College Loop. I am by Harrison Tarr at by Harrison Tarr on the Bird app. You can check out my written work at the Auburn Daily, theauburndaily.com. More of my podcasting work available every Wednesday and Friday. Gosh, I try to do it again. I'm doing these backwards on other shows. <laughs> um, every Wednesday and Friday on the Auburn Daily Show. Every Wednesday with Dylan Lark. Every Friday with the legendary Lindsey Crosby. The rest of my work's here on the College Loop. So I'll let Dylan tell you guys about that, where to find us. If you've not been watching the ticker below us, I know it's distracting. For those of you watching back, uh, not, not watching the stream version, we have uh, a little ticker that says all of our social information. So I'll let Dylan <laughs> give his whole spiel. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with us on the College Loop. Yeah, thank you. Bye, Harrison Tarr, because that's how you introduced yourself at the end of that. So that was funny. But my name is Dylan Lark, at you boy the tank on Twitter. If you're watching, it's just right right here, right there. If you need me to spell it, it's at Y-A-B-O-I the tank. Also catch me on the Auburn Daily Show every Monday with Lance Daw and Wednesday with Harrison Tarr, that little, the little dude down there. There we go, right there. Him right there. Where we just did a little episode talking about Janai Broom and, of course, what was the other topic we talked about? Uh, Transfer portal. Transfer portal. Oh, that's right. The thing that's only been talked about as of late. And go check out my written work, written work on AuburnDaily.com, where, again, I'm only writing about the transfer portal. And, of course, follow the card loop literally everywhere. That is 
Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. Subscribe to us on YouTube. And if you want to listen to us, you got Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music. But again, we're not on MySpace. We're working on it. We're trying to get MySpace back on the map. Uh, but it's it's not looking good. I want you to put the word out that MySpace is back. Look <laughs> for the word MySpace. It's coming soon. Don't worry. <laughs> get us to a thousand subscribers, and we will make a MySpace. Deal. We'll be, Deal. Give me to a thousand. Get us to a thousand subs. We will get a MySpace, and we will post on there every day. To no one. It's gonna be awesome. <laughs> yeah, it'll be amazing. But all that being said, this has been the College Loop Podcast.